0: Good evening guys. Good to have all you out once again to study God's Word together on a Tuesday night. A little different. All good. Uh, Yeah, we have a lot to get to, but I want to I want to consider a passage of scripture out of Ephesians chapter one before we jump into our uh, sporadic study of scriptures all over the place on the Holy Spirit, which uh, as we considered last week, <clears throat> the Holy Spirit, do you guys not know that you are the temple of the living God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? Does that sound familiar? Yeah, we read that last week, right? And we are new creations in Christ, being born again of the Spirit of God We are born again of the Spirit, and as a result of being born again, we have been given much. This afternoon, James joined me at the uh, Senior Living here in Kakana. We've been doing church services there, which you guys, I would covet prayers. I know covet's uh, a sin, but (laughs) praying for that ministry would be awesome. Uh, We started the Gospel of John together today, and it's one of those things right there in the, the beginning of that gospel... Anyone that believes on Christ, God has granted them the gift to be one of his kids. That is just so cool to think about, guys. We've been given so much in Jesus Christ. And what I want to do before we jump into our study tonight is uh, read here in Ephesians chapter 1 and consider just all that Jesus has done and as a result of him redeeming us, what we have in Christ. And I'm going to read slowly through uh, verse 14, starting in verse 3. But I want you guys to listen just for some key words. If there's a word that just kind of hits you, just like, whoa. That's cool. I want you to take a mental note of that. So I'm going to read, starting here, verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things together to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is a guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession, to the praise of his glory wow 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 (laughs) so considering this run-on sentence actually in the original greek verse 3 to 14 is all one sentence what words popped out as i read through that what hit you in him that came up quite a few times didn't it In him we have all these things. What other words popped out? Adoption. Adoption. Redemption. Nothing better than being redeemed. Anything else pop out for you guys? There's inheritance. (laughs) Sealed. Yeah. Yeah. Forgiveness. Acceptance. To the praise of his glory. To the of his glory. Yeah. Predestined. Every spiritual blessing, guys. We've been given so much. And that's why times like this that we carve out time just to look to his word and to be reminded of who he is and what he has done and what that means for us as his kids. It is a good thing. We're quick to forget sometimes. I don't know about you guys, but I want to keep growing. I do want to know him more. I want to make him known. And as we consider the Holy Spirit, we know that the triune God The Spirit himself is part of that Godhead. This is how he works. Somebody said here that it's the Holy Spirit who sealed us. You guys understand when we're born again, we don't have to worry about if we're going to make it to the end. We've been sealed. It's a guaranteed thing. Once you're born again, you can't be born into God's family and then born out of his family. I haven't found those scriptures yet. I believe in eternal security, big time, guys. We see it all over Scripture. And let me tell you what, if you're in the hands of God, no one's going to pluck you out. (laughs) He's promised that. And we have his Holy Spirit that does that work in us to keep us. This morning I spent some time in Hebrews chapter 12. Actually, let's turn there real quick. We'll get to the Holy Spirit in a moment. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 12. Some of us go through different times and seasons where we get spanked a little bit from our heavenly father but we're also told as we see here in Hebrews 12 whom the Lord loves he will he will chasten he will discipline there's something I want to I want to have you guys see here this wasn't the Bible I was using this morning, so I highlighted what I was looking at. <laughs> i got to find it again. Uh, we'll pick it up. Uh, verse 5. Um, and have you forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as sons? My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. And then you can jump down to verse 11. Now, no chastening seems joyful for this pr- for in the present, but painful Nevertheless, and I want you guys to catch this, after it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. There's something about the Lord, and we know that he has given us his word. Okay, And some of us learn the hard way where we're getting spanked a lot, Okay, and we, we go through it. We know God says this, but hey, I'm going to try my own thing. I'm going to do my own way of doing this I don't know about your way God I'll, I'll see I'll see what my way does first um, and some of us get to a point that we just agree with God that you do know better you do know best in 2nd Corinthians 3 6 or sorry 2nd Timothy three sixteen tells us that all the scriptures they've been given to us from God they're God breathe okay and we're going to see tonight that the spirit this is actually his word is spirit Okay, it is spirit and it is truth. But he's given us his word for doctrine to teach us what's right, for rebuke to teach us what's not right, for correction, okay, that we would get right, okay, and then instructions in righteousness how to stay right, And it's one of these things, the chastening of the Lord. And you guys have heard me share over the last few weeks. I've been arrested several times in just the study of Scripture. Man, I am confronted with truth. And it is something that God uses his word, which is a spirit, to do that. His Holy Spirit will speak to us. It's not like we have to have a Bible to get disciplined and corrected. God will work with us. But I do believe it is much easier for us as our as kids to say, you know what, Lord, (laughs) you're absolutely right. I need this. And you loved me enough to speak the truth. And for us as a Christian, guys, life in the spirit is the biggie in our lives here. We have two choices as believers. We grieve the spirit and we choose to walk in the flesh, or we yield to the spirit and we produce much fruit to the glory of God. I personally see it as that simple. Okay, yeah, life has a lot of ups and downs, a lot of things thrown our way, a lot of decisions to make, a lot of different seasons we all go through in this life. But in all of it, what matters is, am I doing this for me? (laughs) Or am I going to follow you? Whatever you want, Father. And when we are corrected, and that's one thing I so love about the Holy Spirit, because as we saw last time, What is the Spirit always doing? Pointing us to Jesus. That's what he's always doing, bringing us back to the truth. And the truth is, we all need Jesus. We're nothing without him. He's the one we follow. He's our Lord. He's our Savior. So I want to encourage you guys, when that correction comes and the Holy Spirit's working on your heart, receive it. I know sometimes when we're blowing it, we want to run away from God. But the reality is, We're in a relationship. We're not under the law anymore, guys. And when we're in a relationship with our loving Heavenly Father, we want to run to Him for help. Dad, I blew it. (laughs) I need your help. And guess what? The Holy Spirit, didn't we see last time? I'm going to send you a helper. He is our helper. God is right there. The Holy Spirit is God, and He is there for us. So let's turn to Acts chapter one and that's where we're going to pick up from our study last time. Does anybody need a sheet that wasn't here or just want another one maybe to share with somebody else? Shalom, can you come and hand them out? Yeah, those two way in the back there. Yeah, they they need some. So let's pick it up tonight in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Here we have Jesus. He was crucified. They buried him. He rose from the dead. Resurrection power, right? Well, that same power that raised Jesus from the dead, guess what? Lives in you. That's the Holy Spirit, okay? And in that, guys, he told the disciples, the apostles, hey, you need to go wait, and you're going to receive power from on high. Okay, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And he tells us in verse 8 what that actually means. He says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be healthy and wealthy. <laughs> you guys don't have that translation? <laughs> Again, guys, sometimes we seek the blessings rather than the blessor. And the Holy Spirit himself is given to us. He wants to work in us and through us that we would be something we couldn't be before. Before we had faith in Christ, before the Holy Spirit living in us, what kind of salt and light were you being for eternal truth? (laughs) Nothing. We could do nothing. And here, guys, the Spirit's given to us to be witnesses to me. Where? Their Jerusalem, their Judea, their Samaria to the ends of the earth. And it's so cool because the early church really did go to the known world. The world was turned upside down. And we look at the reality of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what God has done the last 2,000 years. Okay, The gospel has gone throughout the world. A lot of us talk it needs to go to every corner of the world, to every nation before Jesus comes back. I love the reality. We're so close. It will be in our lifetime, guys, that the gospel is going to make it into every single nation upon the planet. We are so close to that. But it's one of those things. It's the Holy Spirit at work through his people. We think about all those who took the time to translate scriptures, those who counted the cost and said, Lord, send me. I'll go on the mission field. I'll go to that people group that nobody knows anything about. Why? Because you love them. You died for them. You saved me and you give me your spirit to what? To be a witness. Today we look at church. And what do we do as Christians? Well, we need to build a church, we need to get a big church. There's a place for the church, but the church is actually to be on mission. <laughs> Where to be going. That's what we should be caring about foremost, and that is what God's asking us to do. You go, and you testify. You go to Kakana. You go to the Fox Valley, northeast Wisconsin, to the ends of the earth. That's our Jerusalem. That's our Samaria, guys. It's right here in our own backyard. It might be going just across the street. Knocking on your neighbor's door. Look at chapter 2 with me. It says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, okay, they were all in one accord in one place. I want you guys to recall for a moment what were the disciples up to right now? Okay, they were kind of freaking out. Jesus just ascended to heaven. Okay, the Holy Spirit has now come. And they're freaking out because they want to kill us too. Because we believe that Jesus is the son of God. They killed him. They're going to want to kill us. And we're called to be witnesses and go share this good news with the world. And the world's not going to like it. They're going to be offended. Rome, they still think the king is Caesar. But we know who the king really is. The Lord is Jesus And that's the one, he's the one we're going to preach. So, verse 2, it says, Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. What would you guys do if that just happened right now in this room? Would you pay attention? Woo-hoo! Jesus said something like this was going to happen. He wasn't joking. Okay, so here, Holy Spirit shows up. And then verse 3, then there appeared divided tongues as a fire. One sat on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Okay, so 50 days after Passover, we have the completion of the winter harvest. And for the Jews, this is all a big deal. And this is when the Holy Spirit comes and begins to move in the church, the believers, look at verse 7. And then they were all amazed and they marveled <laughs> is, uh saying to one another, Look, are not these Galileans? Okay, these were the disciples. They're from Galilee. And how is it that we hear them speak each in our own language in which we were born? So there was something supernatural taking place here. Okay, tongues were given. And they're magnifying the Lord. Look at verse 14. We're told that there were Cretans and Arabs, and we all hear them speaking in our own tongues. What? The wonderful things of God. Okay? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth's going to speak. Well, I've accepted Jesus Christ into my heart. Don't we say that? Okay? It's one of those things, like, if the Spirit's really in us, what are we going to be talking about? We're going to be talking about Jesus We're going to be testifying and sharing about the good things he's done, the wonderful works of God. Look at verse 14. But Peter, okay, consider with me for a second. This is Peter baptized, Holy Spirit fire upon his head, right? Where was Peter not too long before this? He's chopping off ears, right? He was denying the Lord. He was meeting the risen Lord on the shores and being asked, Peter, do you love me? Do you agape me? Oh, Lord, you know, I only phileo you. I <laughs> love you like a brother. To love you like that. Oh, Peter, feed my sheep. What do you think was going through his head? Man, I've been a failure. I said I would never forsake the Lord, and I did. I'm nobody. I can't do this. I'm a wimp. Is Peter a wimp any longer? What's changed? The Holy Spirit. Sometimes we think if Jesus was just here with us, I would be totally different. I'd be bold and courageous then if Jesus was literally here in the physical. Would you? Would be like Peter was without the Holy Spirit? I mean, he was the first pope, right? Pretty good dude. Not really. That's a whole nother study. All right. But catch what Peter says once he's empowered with the Holy Spirit. Standing up with the eleven, he raised his voice and he said to them, men of Judea and all those who dwell in Jerusalem, let it be known to you and heed my words. So here he has a boldness. And then the men of Israel Uh, Jump down to verse 22. Okay, this is what he says. He says, hear my words, listen up. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know, him being delivered by the determined purpose and the foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands and have crucified and put to death whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. That's some pretty good preaching, right there, guys. What? Peter! Is he being bold? Is he speaking truth? Absolutely. Jump over to chapter 4. Let's see what the Spirit's doing in the early church. We see again Peter filled in verse 8 of chapter 4. Being filled with the Holy Spirit. Rulers of the people and elders of Israel. So now he's talking to like peeps who are up in society. People who are in charge of things. Hey, you guys, you need to listen up. I got some good news to share. I want to talk to you about Jesus. Do you think he's scared any longer? No. You might be scared, but it's different when you have the Holy Spirit, isn't it? You're like, all right. God, you're asking me to do something I'm really uncomfortable with. I can never do that. But you promised to be with me. You're asking me to do it. I'll step out in faith and look what happens. Jump down to verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. That's one thing I think is so cool. When someone receives the Holy Spirit, some people call it the anointing, okay? But when a person has the Holy Spirit, you're like, whoa, what happened? Something's different. Many, many, many years ago, I used to be on television preaching the Word of God. And this is when Facebook was new, and I had people messaging me that I went to high school with. Landon, what happened to you? <laughs> Well, let me tell you what happened because this was the last thing anybody ever thought I would be doing. Pre, I couldn't even read. The kids I went to school with, they knew that. They were in class with me. They laughed when I tried to read. And here I'm now preaching the word of God. What happened? Jesus happened. This is what he's done in my life. And this is what he's doing through my life now. And it's one of those things, guys. He gets the glory. And as we see here, the Holy Spirit falls and they speak the word with boldness. We don't need to be ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation. So uh, let's take a jump over to chapter 19, verse 6 now. Is that the next one on your paper? What's that? It's 9? Okay, we'll go to chapter 9 then. Hopefully we got this right. <laughs> Oh, yeah, this flows. It is chapter 9, verse 17. We're introduced to Ananias here. And he went his way, and he entered, verse 17, the house. And laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul. Who's Brother Saul? Anybody know? This is Paul the Apostle. But he isn't Paul the Apostle yet. Ananias comes. Paul, who was Saul, was actually persecuting the church. guys know he was having Christians thrown into jail all right and Jesus crashed into his life in a pretty radical way and here what happens now that he's come to faith in Christ well Ananias is sent sent to him and he's saying to him brother Saul you're my brother now okay the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road um, as you came he has sent me that you may receive your sight remember he was blinded that you'll be able to see again, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Again, we saw in chapter 1 what was going to happen when a person received the Holy Spirit. They would be witnesses, right? Okay, Catch what happens here, that you would be filled with the Holy Spirit immediately. There fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight. And he arose and he was baptized. So when he had received food and he was strengthened, then Saul spent some days with the disciples in Damascus. Immediately we told he preached the Christ in the synagogues, that he is the Son of God. And then all who heard, they were amazed and they said, Is this not he who destroyed those who called on this name in Jerusalem and has come here for that purpose? so that he might bring them bound to the chief priests. So Saul increased all the more in strength, and he confounded the Jews who dwelt in Damascus, proving that Jesus is the Christ. That's pretty cool. You shall be filled with the Holy Spirit. You should be witnesses. That's exactly what he began to do. Man, he's filled with the Spirit, and he begins to witness. Jump down to chapter 10, verse 44. Back to Peter. <clears throat> While Peter was still speaking those words, the Holy Spirit fell on all those who heard the word. Have you guys ever had that happen where you're just sensing, hey, the Spirit of God's here? He just showed up. He's speaking to all of us. I've seen that happen at church many times. You guys ever catch that on a Sunday where you can just like, whoa, it's thick right now. <laughs> God's speaking, you kind of look around, you're like, whoa everybody's catching, God's doing something cool right now. I love when that happens, okay? And I've seen that happen before um, in a lot of different settings. But this is what happens when a person is filled with the Spirit and the Word of God is going forth. And then they say in verse 46, for they heard them speak in tongues and magnify God. And again, every reference to when tongues is being used, we hit on this on Sunday, it is always in praise to God. Every single time they began to speak in tongues. Okay, I recall one time, another instance where I often would sense the Spirit of God in a very real way. It was up in the jail. I love going up there. I love sharing the Word of God in there. I've had people just counseling one-on-one, not even in a Bible study in the jail. I had one guy, he started shaking in a one-on-one. He's like, what is that? What is this? It's the Holy Spirit. You are finally broken for the first time in your life before the living God, and he just showed up. He's filled this little bitty meeting room. He's having an experience of God's presence for the first time in his life. He had no clue what was going on. There's another time I was teaching uh, a gal's class. And we had one thing with our county jail. There's a lot of people coming and going. It's like a complete cycle. It's not prison. They're sitting for years. They might just be up there for a couple weeks. A lot of people turning over. And one of these gal's classes, just teaching the word of God. People are getting saved almost in every class. Back then I was doing six different Bible studies a week. And there'd be times where somebody got saved in every single one of those studies. Why? Because people know that they're sinners when you're in jail. Like, you can't lie about it any longer. I've, I've been arrested, <laughs> okay? I'm sitting in orange for a reason. I've been busted. I'm locked up. I know where my sin has gotten me. I need a Savior. And the gospel is well received there. So that's why we pray for that ministry. That's why we support that ministry. That's why we go into the jails. But there was one week handful of gals received the Lord. The following week, I come in. We're just teaching like we're doing here at Freedom. I was just teaching right through the word of God. That's what we did, verse by verse, through the Bible. And one of the gals who had received Christ the week before had never gone to church in her life, just got saved the week before. And she's just like, are we allowed to ask questions? I'm like, absolutely, absolutely. She's like, I don't know what's going on. I'm talking in another language. I don't know what this is, but I can tell that it's God. I put my notes aside, and I'm like, let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. (laughs) We just started teaching through what the Bible says about tongues. And so many of those gals, we had 16 of them in that class. And just through the teaching, it wasn't enough. Hey, this, y'all got to do it. We were just teaching through. Three gals received the gift of tongues in that class. The Holy Spirit just showed up and did something. So when we read things like this, we shouldn't be surprised if God would do the same again. The Holy Spirit, has God changed? I read in the Bible, he's the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. So we see here uh, them speaking in tongues, but it's beautiful because it is praise to God. And just the beauty of worship. Now let's jump over to chapter 19, verse 5. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Pretty cool to think about, guys. Baptism of the Holy Spirit. We get water baptized. (laughs) But there's a baptism of the Holy Spirit, which we're going to come back to. But before we do that, I want to go to Ephesians chapter 5 with you. Things change when we come to faith in Christ. Would you guys say amen to that? Amen. Ephesians 5. I just want to take a moment and consider... What Paul lays out for you and I when a person comes to faith because things change for the believer okay and we are given instructions in how we ought to be living what we ought to be doing and I want to look at verse 18 and on into chapter 6 with you guys he first begins about about explaining the reality of being filled with the Spirit. And he makes a distinction with drinking. He says in verse 18, Do not be drunk with wine, which is dispensation, but be filled with the Spirit. Okay, And if we are being filled with the Spirit, we're going to be doing some things. We're going to be speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Okay, Singing and making melody in our heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things to God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord. I haven't been to a bar where they're singing hymns and spiritual songs to one another. Oh, they'll sing to each other, but they ain't singing about good things. Um, And he makes that distinction. Okay, and we see that. I mean, we are a people. I mean, we consider Kakauna, Wisconsin. We're one of the drunkest cities in the entire United States. I was just telling you a little about jail. You guys know that are county jail? I would say probably more than half of the people are up there because of alcoholism. They did stupid stuff when they were drunk. Okay, and for people to say we don't have a problem, man, people, there are divorces, families are tore apart. There's crazy addictions, okay? It's messing with people's lives. And that's not what God has for us. He's like, don't bother with that. What I want you to be is my kids. (laughs) You are born again in the Spirit. You live in the Spirit, okay? Be filled with the Spirit. And that's one of those things, like we can fill up with alcohol, get higher and higher until we pass out. (laughs) But do we take that seriously as a Christian? Well, what about the filling up of, The spirit of the living God, you know, is just (laughs) one cup good enough? (laughs) Or do you want more and more and more? I think we should want more. We should be doing these things. And and then it plays out because really the context continues on through Ephesians here. Uh, Look at verse 22. Okay, if we're filled with the spirit, wives, what are they going to be able to do? Submit to their husbands, right? As to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, also as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. Sisters, would you have a hard time submitting to your husband if you didn't know Jesus? Absolutely. I mean, it's hard enough for you gals, and you know Jesus. You know? But it's one of those things like, hey, how do I do this? We need the Spirit of God. And some of you guys might be like, yeah, wife. Did you just hear that? That's what God says if you're filled with the Spirit. Guys, catch how much more He has to say to us as husbands. He tells us a lot more, okay? Catch this. He says in verse 25 Guys, husbands, you need to love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave Himself for her, that He might sanctify her and cleanse her with the washing of the Word, or sorry, of water by the Word. That he might present himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife, or loves his wife, loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, and his flesh, and his bones. And for this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great ministry, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let his wife see that she respects her husband. And then he goes on to talk to the kids. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. How are you guys going to do that, kiddos? You need God's help because it is always easy to obey mom and dad. No, but when you're walking in the spirit, is it easy? I'm loving you, Jesus. (laughs) I'm yielded. I want to glorify you. I want to obey you. All right, if I got to obey you, that means obeying my parents, and that's hard sometimes, but I'm going to do it, and I'll gladly do it. And have you guys found that to be the case? When we're in the spirit, we gladly do these things when I'm in that sweet spot with Jesus, man, I want to love Sunny. I want to do that rightly. It's not a hard thing for me to serve her. But if I'm in the flesh, man, I get frustrated and I want to keep records. I did this and you should do that. It's just flesh, you know, and that's not what God has called us to. And then he even goes on as a dad in verse 4. And fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and the admission of the Lord. I just worked a long day and I'm tired. Man, these little brats, I can't do nothing with them. When are we puking on our kids? When we're not in the spirit, right? But when we're in the spirit, it's just like, man, God's going to give me the energy, even though it's been a long work week. I'm going to take the time to love them, and to train them to not be frustrated, not easily provoke them because my flesh wants this. Again, that's being submitted to the Spirit. And then he even goes on, and we'll just look at the last, but considering bond servants, slaves, or if you're an employer, you could say employees here, okay, Um, or if you are an employee, be obedient to those who are masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling and sincerity of heart, as to Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as bond servants to Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. And if any of you are masters, do the same things to them, giving up threatening knowing that your own master also is in heaven and there is no partiality with him. And again, guys, you've heard me say as Christians, we should be the best employees there are, okay? Why? Because we're not working for the man. We are really working on to Jesus in all we do. And how can we do that rightly? Well, we need the Holy Spirit. And what's the Holy Spirit gonna do? Point us to Jesus. Yeah, it's a long day. (laughs) but they're all slacking off and I'm tired look to Jesus it's not about them it's about him so you guys see how the Holy Spirit just practically will work out in our lives okay and I love that this whole passage started with hey don't be drunk with wine but be filled with the Holy Spirit okay we need him let's go back to the gospel of John chapter 6 verse 63 John 663 I'm going to share with you guys real quick the scariest verse I've found in the Bible. Look at verse 66 for a second. So this would be John 6, 6, 6. From that time, many of the disciples went back and walked with him no more. Isn't that scary, guys? Oh, wait a minute. These people followed Jesus, now they're not? What happened? Well, Pastor, weren't you just talking about before that Christians are secure once they're saved they're really saved that we've been sealed again we can't judge people's hearts but I am really under the conviction if anybody truly is able to walk away from Jesus I don't think they ever knew him that's my personal conviction but the importance of the spirit jump up a few verses to 63 Jesus here is speaking. He says it's the spirit who gives life. In the flesh it profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. and There are those who hear the word. There are those that will even sit in church for seasons, years. But they don't really believe the word. And Jesus makes make it very clear. This is spirit. This is truth. These sweet seniors that James and I got to hang out with this afternoon, man, I think they were all Catholic. All Catholic. And that didn't matter one bit. Because as we were in the Word of God, which is spirit, it was so clear. It doesn't matter if you're Catholic, Lutheran, whatever. What matters is do you believe that Jesus is Savior? That is all that matters. Do you believe that in your heart? That's what matters. And that's what the spirit does. He gives life. We know the flesh profits nothing. <laughs> okay? His words are spirit and they are truth. That's why Jesus said man's not going to live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from my mouth. Okay? That's why I encourage you guys Be in his word every day. We need to be spiritually be growing, you know. Well, that's going to take some sacrifice. I'm going to have to be intentional. I have to be disciplined. Yeah, just do it. We get in his word. That's what we need. But I'm so weak and I'm falling apart, (laughs) you know. We need good nourishment. We need to be in his word. It helps. All right, let's jump over to chapter 14. Verse twenty-six, John fourteen, twenty-six. It says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all things that I've said to you. And then he says, Peace I leave with you my peace i give to you not as the world gives uh do i give to you i don't know about you guys but when you're in the spirit aren't you just at peace with god it's one of the coolest things things can be horrible things can be going really wrong you can be tripping out really bad and the holy spirit just falls and you just have peace you're just like you know what that's okay been on the bedside of a few people who've been passing away that knew Jesus. It's kind of cool. They have a peace. It's a scary thing to be next to somebody who's passing away that doesn't know the Lord. It might be one of the scariest experiences in your life, okay? But for people who know Jesus, it is just peaceful. Even to the point that family in the room and around And they're the ones ministering to everybody. (laughs) They're all sad and they're the ones ministering. Hey, it's all good. You know, Jesus is taking me home. I want to be in a better place. This is good. So we have the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, the Helper, okay, that he is going to send. And when he does this, what happens? Well, let's go to 1 Corinthians 12, and this will kind of come around some of the things we've been studying as we've been working verse by verse through Corinthians. How many more verses we got on that sheet? I mean, I have a lot more I want to share with you guys, but I was kind of hoping to... Nice. All right, now concerning spiritual gifts. Spirituals. See how it's italicized, the gifts there? Shouldn't be there. Concerning these spirituals. Brethren, I do not want you to be... We're not to ignore the things of the Spirit, nor what God wants to do in and through believers by His Spirit. Okay, And I think there was a good exhortation on Sunday concerning the gifts of the Spirit. Okay, And it's one of those things, guys, we need to desire them. We're not to ignore them as the Bible tells us, but we need to desire them. And what does that mean? What does that look like? It's one thing to know what the Bible says concerning this, but are we actually positioning ourselves in a place where we're just open handed? Like, hey, whatever you want to give, God, I'll receive. Whatever. Okay? If you want to do that, what if God gave you the gift of healing? What would you do with that? It's kind of scary. It means I got to be around sick people. <laughs> it's mean that I have to go do something, right? Well, He gives as He wills, right? If you jump down just a few verses to uh, verse 11 with me, it says, but one in the same Spirit works all things, distributing to each one as he in, uh, one individually as he wills. So yeah, there's a lot of different gifts. Okay, we have many different lists in the Bible. No one of them is exhaustive. Like, hey, these are all the gifts of the Spirit. Okay, that God will give. Okay, there's different lists for different purposes. But whatever He does give, you guys understand that we are the body. We are all working together, and we need to use those giftings and we look today, it's like, why isn't the church thriving? Why is it more going on? It's just because we're not doing you know what God's asked us to do and using the gifts that we've been given. So we need to step out into those things. Um, let's go to Galatians chapter 5. And why don't we step out into those giftings? Would you guys say that stepping out and using gifts takes a little bit of uh, humility? A little bit of trust? A little bit of obedience? You betcha. Okay, and our pride sometimes just says, well, that's not what I want to do. And then we miss out. Oh, did I say verse 21? Yeah, here's a short list. It says, there's envies, there's murders, drunkenness, rivalries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And this whole list, it goes to a verse before too, a couple verses, but it's the reality of what we produce in and of ourselves apart from Jesus Christ. Our flesh is given over to these things, and what fruit comes from the flesh? bad fruit. All sin's fun for a season, but God will not be mocked when a man sows he's going to reap. There are consequences for us living for ourselves. You know, we see that all around. Let's go to Luke's gospel for a moment. Chapter 11, verse 9. Pastor, I want to be in the Spirit. And I want gifts, but I don't have any gifts. What am I supposed to do? I don't even know if I have the Holy Spirit. I love this passage. You know that part of our prayer life is supplication? We get to ask God for things. It's kind of cool. Some of us like, oh, I don't want to do that. I'll just pray for others, (laughs) but for myself. It's okay to pray for yourself. It's okay to ask for things. Check out verse 9 here. This is Jesus speaking, by the way. He says, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And he who knocks, it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from a father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If then you, being evil, speaking about these earthly fathers, you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give what? The Holy Spirit to those who ask him. We all know this passage. Ask, seek, and knock. Yeah, I know that scripture. But what is Jesus getting to? The Holy Spirit. I want a new car, God. I want the Spirit. I want the Spirit. That should be our heart cries, believers. Lord, fill me up be with me, go with me, be with me. I need the Holy Spirit. And he says he will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. And that's what God wants. He wants us to seek him, to know him, relationship with him. And he gives that. And I do believe he will continue to give. And he will continue to give to the point of even overflowing in our lives. Not that we would just know Jesus, but that there would be an overflow that others around us would be coming to know Jesus because we have him. So I would encourage you guys, take some time in your individual prayer life and be asking the Lord for the Spirit. Um, Let's go back to Acts 4. This kind of ties together. We're not going to have time to get through the rest of the list here. Um, it all kind of comes together. Acts 4, what verse are we on? There it is. It says, Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants with all boldness that they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal that signs and wonders may be done through your name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they had assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. God answered their prayers, guys. But what were they doing? <laughs> now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants... Some people just want the Holy Spirit because, oh, I like the warm fuzzies. The power of the Holy Spirit, that would be awesome in my life. But what's the purpose of those things? It's to serve him. And that's our calling. If we're going to follow Christ, he's the servant of all. And as we choose to serve him, we shouldn't be surprised if these things in the Holy Spirit start happening. We just show up. I remember fourth graders in Vista, California. I'm going to be teaching children's ministry. Scary. (laughs) Okay? Hey, I like young adults. I could probably even handle the adults. But little kids in fourth grade? Shalom, you know anybody in fourth grade? Oh, man. I didn't know they'd be so cute. But... (laughs) That was an overwhelming thing. But let me tell you, that first Sunday I showed up, I prepared, I studied hard, showed up to teach the fourth grade class. I sensed the spirit of God in a very real way with me. And he got on a level, and the word of God went forth into these little kids' hearts. I'm just like, this is rad, Lord. I don't want to do anything else in life. But to teach your word, even if it's with these little fourth graders, you know, I'll do that wherever, whenever. That's all God's looking for. You're willing to go, you're willing to share co workers, jail, pantry, seniors. You just show up. What is God going to do? And that's one of those things, guys, I'm hoping that you're being provoked because, again, who gets the glory? The Lord, because the Lord has chosen to choose the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. All He is looking for are vessels that are willing. Lord, use me. Use me. Well, how does that look? It look a lot of different ways. And We didn't get there tonight, but the fruit of the Spirit is what? It is love. Sometimes we think, well, <clears throat> I'm really filled with the Spirit. Pastor, you're gonna have to find another job because I'm gonna preach. It might be taking somebody to the hospital and walking through whatever they're facing with them, making yourself available to love. You guys know that we do a lot of preaching through how we love? You guys know that people are going to hear the word of God through how we love? Yeah. You think about why people are receptive, say, in a jail or at the pantry. Why would you guys do this? I know you take time, you know. Why would you take your time to come and serve me, to love me? How much more people's hearts are open, you know. And I think about that with Jesus. Think about how many times he went out of his way. I mean, he had those opportunities to preach to the masses, but don't we see him intentionally going to that one over and over again in the scriptures? Hey, I'm going to come to you. I'm going to love on you, man you're in bondage. and I'm going to set you free. That's what God does. So I want to encourage you guys. we're going to stop there tonight, but I want to encourage you to really seek the Lord and what He would have. God is very much alive. It's not we doing our thing down here on earth and God's up there doing his thing and someday we get to go be with him. You know, the second you believed, eternal life began, okay? And there are things in the Bible that are very clear when it comes to God's purpose and his plans for us, especially as his kids. There is a mission. I don't know about you guys, but I think you're here tonight because you want to be mission-minded, Hey, you want to be about God's business. And it's one of those things I think we enter into what God's up to and we place ourselves in the place of being a servant for others. As we see in John chapter 2, the servants were the ones who got to see the first miracle Jesus ever did. Why? Because they were the only ones serving. If you guys want to see God do some really cool things, serve, see what he does. It's cool. It's not about being cool. It's about Jesus being glorified. And we get the blessing of being co-laborers with him. Do you guys not know that? We are co-laborers. We have a ministry of reconciliation given to us. It doesn't matter how old or how young you are. If you're a brother or a sister here, that's our ministry. And the time's short. We don't know how long we have. So let's speak the word of God with boldness. Allow the Holy Spirit to work through us but I don't know what to say. Do you know what Jesus promised said? You didn't have to worry about that. Just show up. He'll give you the words. And hasn't he done that? How many guys can testify and say, yeah? You know, I feel like that every time I preach. I'm not that smart. <laughs> Holy Spirit. So, Father, we're thankful for your word. Thank you so much for all that you do, are doing. You have done in our lives. Lord, you've done throughout history. And even the things yet to come, what a privilege, Lord, to um, to be on your team, to be about kingdom business, God. And all we can say is, um, Lord, use us, God. We know that we're flawed, we're tainted, we're messed up in a lot of ways, Lord, but we know that you can use that. You can refine us, Lord. You can take what is broken, Lord, and bring just truly beauty from ashes. Lord, And we want to shine well for you. You've called us to be salt and light. Help us not to hide uh, the truth of who we are in you and all that you are. Help us to boldly proclaim. I do pray, Father, that you'd put it in each one of our hearts to truly seek you, to ask, to seek, to knock, to be open to whatever you would have. God, no matter how long we've been in the faith, Whether we're a babe in Christ or we've been walking for decades, God, we always want to be open, Lord, to whatever you're wanting to do. That if you would lead, we would say, yes, Lord, I will follow. You are worthy of it. You are so good to us. Thank you so much for this time tonight. Thank you again for your word. We look forward to next week, uh, just being able to wrap up this study. And I just pray that there would even be testimony between now and next week of just Things you're doing, Father, in our lives. And just glory to you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.